on first hearing of the second reading today. It may sound like the church's idea of marriage is just about the man taking control. The woman should just be submissive and let the man be in charge. Some throwback to the ancient world where women had no rights. Reminds me of a story. Man I met, been married for 66 years. Happily married for 66 years. And I said to him, I said, what's the secret? It's got to be a secret, you know? And he's like, oh, Father, it's easy. It's like this. The man makes all the big decisions. The woman makes all the little decisions. And I was like, wow. Does that work? I said, you better believe it. 66 years and not one big decision. (laughs) Then he said, the truth is, Father... It was an immense amount of work, but it was worth every ounce of effort that we put into it. He said, the real secret of marriage is learning how to die. And I would say to you, the real secret of holiness is learning how to die. This is exactly what St. Paul is trying to convey to us, but it's hilarious. I love when this reading, I wish it was read more often, because I get to see all of you. And you know, the, the first line, it says, Wives, submit to your husbands. And that's it. Like, the reading may as well be over. Because women are mad. They're like, the church is old and outdated. And guys are like, finally, I'm receiving something out of the mass. And they're like, nudging each other, you know, like, hey, and she's pushing him. And <clears throat> I'm like, nobody's listening to the reading. The reading is so beautiful and we miss so much. We miss the power of this great scripture passage. When St. Paul says, wives, submit to your husbands. Before he says that, he says, love one another mutually out of love for Christ. So St. Paul is already putting men and women on the same level. But then he says, wives, submit to your husbands. The Latin word for submit is submissio. It's two words. Sub is sub, under, submarine, underwater. Sub, under. Missio is mission. So what St. Paul is saying to women, to wives, wives, put yourselves under the mission of your husbands. That's eh, not so bad anymore. Now we've got to figure out what the mission of the husband is. Because Paul says immediately after that, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? Right there. Not so good anymore, huh, guys? (laughs) Wives, put yourselves under the mission of the husband. Husbands, die for your wives. I don't know a wife out there who would not follow her husband if she knew deep in his heart that in everything he did, he did it out of love for her and because he was dying to himself because of her. It's one of the most beautiful readings, scripture readings on marriage in the entire Bible. But in our world right now, the main idol is the self. The main doctrine is autonomy. And its central act of worship is being entertained. And its two shrines are the television and the internet. 
Such a culture will find St. Paul's definition of Christian marriage and Christ's definition of love virtually unintelligible. The culture is selfish. Christ is selfless. The famous author J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote The Lord of the Rings, once said, The essence of a fallen world in which we live is that the best cannot be attained by free enjoyment or by what we call self-indulgence. But the best can only be attained by denial, suffering, and sacrifice. My friends, you don't just stumble into greatness. You have to work at it. You have to pour your heart and your soul into everything. And most importantly, you have to die to yourself. I got to thinking about this. A clear example, which everybody knows, is sports. Do you have any idea what kind of rigors professional athletes have to put themselves through in order to stay in the peak physical condition that they're in? It's crazy. I once read that to be a Division I college golfer, coaches mandate that you practice a minimum, get this, of six hours a day. Six hours a day. I don't know about you, but I love watching golf. I love playing golf. But when I sit and watch the PGA Tour or the U.S. Open, I'm sitting there and I'm like, watch. I'm like, oh, these guys are awesome. You know what I didn't watch? The millions of golf shots they took to practice to become that awesome. When you look at somebody like a John Paul II, what you see is a a monument of a man, a saint. You don't see the rigors that he went through, the struggle that he went through, the death to self that he went through. You don't stumble into greatness. And the reality of it is that those with happy marriages are those who both chose happy marriages. They chose to love their wives more than themselves, their husbands more than themselves. They chose to sacrifice their short-term desires for long-term happiness. They chose to give instead of to take. And men... I am speaking to every man in this church. If you want a faithful and happy marriage, you have got to start dying to yourselves. And I say that more to men than I do to women. I don't know what it is, ladies, but you have it sort of built into you. You're able to give, to sacrifice more. Men, you must put your wives first. You must love her through sacrifice and self-denial the same way that Christ loved his bride, the church. And this doesn't mean, by the way, that she wears the pants. I hate that. It means you're a weak man. What it does mean is that you place her before you. I have a buddy of mine, and he's about the most masculine man I know. He's tough. But he's also loving. He's a good father and a great husband. I used to work with him. And one day we got done. We had this huge event at the school at St. Mary's. And it was a huge success. And I said, let's go out and have some beers and celebrate. And everybody that was on the team is like, yeah. And this guy's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll join you. Let me call my wife. I just want to make sure she's okay with it. 
And all of us guys are like, oh, you loser, you know. Totally ball and chain. Even me, the priest, how good is that? (laughs) And this guy, he has a switch. And when that switch goes, you, he could snap your neck like that. And it went off. And he grabbed me. By, I was in my blacks, my clerics. He grabbed me, pulled me in about one inch from his face. And his eye was like twitching. Like had that crazy look. And he said, no. It's because I love her more than you idiots. And he threw me out. <laughs> I'm telling you. After that, all of us were like, yeah, 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 call her, call her up, go ahead, Make, you call her, man. Why? Because that's a man. That's a man who gets that. That's a man who loves his family more than his friends. Who loves his wife more than his hobbies. And until we get back to men like that and women like that, Marriage is going to be a disaster too in our church. And I have to do it as well. I always joke, I say, my bride is the church and she's a big old gal. She's got a lot of problems. But I have to lay down my life. I have to sacrifice for her. Die for her. Do things that I would rather not do because I love her. Because I'm trying to be him. And although I'm terrible at it most days, I will continue to try. I want to tell you a story about a man I met in my first assignment. He lived down in St. Anthony, and his uh, wife died. They were so in love, like weirdly in love. You know, like, they, they were older a couple, and they'd still, like, kind of, you'd catch him kissing in the corner, and, you know, this public display of affection. And it was cool, because, you know, they were still that in love. But anyway, she got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and in two months, she died. And I remember seeing him at the funeral, the, right before the Mass, and he had this little crucifix in his hand. And you could tell, I mean, that the body, the corpus of the cross was almost gone. You could tell that he had had this for a very long time. And I I noticed before they closed the coffin that she had one too. She was holding it in her hand. And I said to him, I said, where'd you get that, that cross both you and your wife have? And he said, when I was first getting married, the priest told us, he said, whenever you struggle, whenever you get frustrated and don't want to forgive and want to hate instead of love. He said, I want you to look at this cross and I want you to remember that this is who you're trying to model. That this is who you're trying to be. And I want you to live like him, not like yourself. And he said, Father, I did that. I tried to the best of my ability to lay down my life for her and she did the same for me. And I love her more than I ever could have imagined. And then I said to him, I said, sir, I didn't catch, how long exactly were you guys married? 
And he said some of the most touching words I've ever heard. He said, Father, not long enough. Not long enough. I pray for all of you who are married that your words can be that at the end of your life. But it only happens if we live that. If we live what Paul is talking about. And it takes good men and women to live that. Our church right now is kind of a mess, if you haven't noticed. But it's a mess not just because of the priests and bishops. It's a mess because of everybody. It's a mess because of sin. We need saints, man. Wow, do we need saints. Let me leave you with the wisdom of St. Francis of Assisi. Live these words, and I promise your marriage will be full of joy. O Jesus, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in forgiving that we are forgiven. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life.